This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. Thank you for the music this morning. Thank you again for being here uh, and for worshiping with us. I'm excited to get into the Word of God this morning, and uh, this is that's probably one of my most favorite things that I get to do as a pastor is to sit and read with the children, uh, if you know me at all. Uh, you know that that's always just been my heart as young people and the family. And so um, it's just a joy to when we started doing that a couple years ago. Uh, at Oasis, our mission is this, that we would lead others to be passionate followers of Christ. Uh, the goal or the intent is that we would develop, that we would teach, that we would do all that we can to make disciples of Christ. And we have called that passionate followers of Christ. People that are passionately seeking after God. And so we do that through several different ways. We do that through our children's ministry, and we do that through uh, the preaching here, and the, the, the music, and really everything that we do, our small groups, everything that we do, we try to push people to seek after and to passionately follow Christ. And with that, I, I wrote this as we look at the series that kind of that we're looking at these last couple weeks, uh, Be the Gift. I wrote this this week, and it really comes out of our vision statement. If you uh, have been around, you would know some of that. But I wrote this. Oasis Baptist Church exists to impact the community through living a Christ-centered life, leading others to be passionate followers of Christ. So ultimately, what we are striving to do is that we are striving that we would follow after Christ, that we would seek Him, that we would desire with everything in us to know God and know Him in a more intimate manner, and based on that, that our lives would be led, that we would be uh, followers of Christ in such a manner that we would be able to impact those that are around us within our community. Follow? Pretty simple. It's really pretty much what most every church would say. They're, they're desiring to uh, lead people to be disciples of Christ and help them to, to grow in a manner that they would impact the church. So last week we hit on Galatians chapter 5. Uh, we've been in Galatians for really most of this year, and we've went verse by verse through the book of Galatians, and uh, we were going to go off of that and go into a different uh, a study just for the, the, the holiday season here around Christmas time, but where we were in the study, it just made sense to continue to go through it. And so last week we were in Galatians 5, and we looked at uh, walk by the Spirit, that you would not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit that you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we talked about some of that. We looked at a lot of different things last week. I challenged you as you left. Hey, would you take a pen and paper? Would you just write down things in your life that you would, uh, if I could get rid of these things in my life. Now, we're not talking uh, 30 pounds. We're not talking uh, gray hairs to be gone. We're not talking. We're talking things within our lives. Some of us have anger issues. I said us. I don't have an anger issue. Some of you have anger issues. No, we all have different things, right? We're selfish. We're prideful. We have issues with anger. We have issues with addiction. We have issues with all kinds of different things. We like to spend money too much. It's Christmas season. We all are in that boat, right? But regardless, we all have different things that, man, if I, could just, if I could get rid of this, it would sure make life a lot easier. And I asked you, would you, would you write some of those things down? 
And would you ask God to change your desires? Would you ask God to help you to be obedient in his leading? I said this last week, and don't forget this. When we pray, we're not necessarily God. Sometimes we pray this, God, would you lead me? I said it last week. What did I say? God is leading us. The Holy Spirit is in us and desiring to lead us. Here's the problem. We are not obedient in the leading. God, would you help me to be obedient to what you are already doing in me? Because that becomes our issue. You know, one of the greatest things as we look at all these things is this. See, God doesn't just come in and change our desires. Because God, this is an internal outward type of a thing when God comes in he comes in he changes everything here that it now becomes external God doesn't just come in and get rid of stuff God comes in to get rid of as he's replacing with himself and so as we look at all of these things and we begin to look at this, what does it mean to walk and what does it mean to, to walk in the Spirit? What does it mean? What is this uh, fruit of the Spirit? What are, we, what are all these things and how can I live a life that is God-honoring? How can I do these things? And this is really what we're talking about. Because every person that walks here in this service or outside, there's nobody that wants to say, yep, I'm a liar. Yep, I'm an angry man. Yep, I'm deceitful. Yeah, I'm, ad I'm, I'm addicted to X, Y, or Z. Whether you are a believer this morning or you are not a believer this morning, nobody wants to be labeled as those things, right? None of us want to be labeled as those things. And so as we go through this, we looked at all these things. Here's how well, the analogy that I, I used last week. Do we go to the fridge... Or we, do we go to the Lord? Do you remember the analogy? Do we go to the fridge or do we go to the Lord? Some of you that weren't here are like, what? <laughs> so here we are. I get a stressful email. I'm at work and things aren't the way that they want to, to be. I get told, hey, we're going to lay you off next month. Life isn't good. Things aren't going the way that I want them to go. I get stressed. I get anxious. I get all of these things. I get angry. Whatever it is, most everybody in here has a go-to. There's something that we go to. I used the illustration last week of going to the fridge. We stress eat. So when I'm angry, I'm stressed. You may not be stressed. You may not be angry. Things might be going really good in your life, but you're unsure of that next step. What do we do? We go to what is comfortable. You know, there's been time in my life where things are going really good. But I was a little scared to take the next step because I didn't know what the next step was. And so I just kind of stayed and I did that which was comfortable. For some people, it's eating. For some people, it's anger. For some people, it's going to the mall to spend money. For some people, it's an addictive behavior of alcohol or of other substance, substances. Or it's a computer issue or it's whatever it is. There's a million things that we can put there. But we go to that thing which is comfortable. We go there... Because that is our habit, that is our tendency. But oftentimes we don't go to the Lord, which is where we ought to go. Walking in the Spirit is when we don't go to the fridge as opposed to we go to the Lord. So we talked about all that last week. We touched on all of these things because we have a conflict. 
See, the Word of God speaks of a conflict that the flesh and the spirit have. The conflict is this. The unsaved person regrets the sinful things that they do out of guilt and or a painful consequence. But there is no spiritual warfare. There is no battle within. Because why? What are they battling? The flesh against what? The flesh. When they do it, they may not like the consequence. They might not like the outcome. When somebody who does not know the Lord chooses to do X, Y, or Z, they may not like the consequence of the decision, but internally, they don't have the Holy Spirit warring against that. They are acting out their nature as an enemy of God. It's the flesh against the flesh. The Holy Spirit, or the believer, though, has what? They fight against the flesh because the Spirit dwells within them. Romans 7, 22 and 23. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. See, every believer has the indwelling power of God's own Holy Spirit to do battle with his weak and sinful flesh. In order that we may not do the things that please our flesh. Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Here's what's awesome. When God changed my life, when God came in and gave me salvation, he didn't just say, here you go. Right? He said, here's this gift, but I'm, the word of God says the comforter has come, the Holy Spirit comes, we now have a third party, if you will, that comes in to fight that fight for us. As sons of God and servants of Jesus Christ, we are now under a new obligation. I mentioned that last week. We have the spirit within us. So we must do our part. I have to do my part. There's a, there's a job that I have to do. It's not that I'm working for salvation. It's not any of those things. But I have a job to do as a believer. I have to, the word says that we would work out our salvation. There's an action step that we all have to take of doing things, putting boundaries in our lives, acting out certain areas. The Romans chapter 13 says it this way, make no provision for the flesh. So today as we dive into this passage of scripture, some of you are like, this is not a Christmas service. It's not in the sense that I'm not reading the Christmas story right now and teaching through all of that. But it is because this is what we have been called to do in all of these things. You want to have Christ in your home? It's, it's practicing this, what we're talking about. Because where, when the rubber meets the road, every person in this room is facing this exact same thing. Yours may be lying. The next person beside you might be an addiction. The person beside them, it might be a selfish acts of pride and arrogance that they have. It might be all of these things, but we all face it. Every person in this room faces it. How then, as we go through this this morning, how are we, how can I be the gift? How can I be the person not just on Sunday morning, 
because I can look nice on a Sunday morning and I can put on the right shirt and tie or I can put on the right attire and I can put on the right smile for that hour and a half or two or three, however long the pastor decides to speak. How can I do that on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? How do I live this life that God, we would say God would call us to live? Philippians chapter 4 says it this way in verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The more that I study, the more that I read, the more that I dive into the Word of God, I, I truly believe that a lot of what we face when we're talking about all of this, walking in the Spirit, is it's genuinely a frame of mind that we have to be in. I'm going to share with you three very simple thoughts as I get into this, the message this morning. When it comes to the mindset. And I'm going to just speak about me. I'm going to share a little bit about my mindset. All of which you all know. If you've been here for any period of time, you've heard me say one of these things. The first is this, I am not a man who loves to sit in a classroom and loves education. Have you ever heard me say anything about that? I've always said I'm not that guy. I struggle sitting in a classroom. I'm not an education guy. I'm not the guy. When you start talking big, big words to me, I'm looking at you going, all right. And then I will go and I will look at that big word and then I'll look at, oh, okay, this is what that means. And then I'll go, oh, well, that makes sense. I can figure that out. But the big word, I'm like, eh, not a little slow. So I've always kind of made some kind of a statement. I'm not really into education, though it's very important, and I understand that. The second one, I don't like to read. Has anybody ever told me I'm not a that You've ever heard me say I'm not a big reader? You've all heard that. So I've made that statement. I'm not a big reader. I have... I've made those things over and over and over and over again. These are mindsets. Just listen. The next one is this. I love Coca-Cola. <laughs> you all know this to the point that I got Coca-Cola socks for Christmas from one of you. I have t-shirts. Your gifts are often a bottle of Coke on my desk. I share those things, and we can laugh about those things, but those are all mindsets from your pastor. You see, there's been times that I've said, I want to quit drinking Coke because it's healthy for my body. But do you know in the same statement that I've thought, this is so crazy, but we all do it. Maybe I'm the only one that does it. I'm just admitting it. I don't know. But you know what I've thought because you have said it? There's been times when I have had a can of something other than Coke, and some of you have said, oh, are you quitting Coke? <laughs> Just because I had something other than Coke. See, I've trained you, I've trained your mind, and I've trained you based on how I speak that the only thing that I do is drink Coca-Cola. It's a mindset. And so I can't drink in Coke or can't stop drinking Coke. Why? Because if I'm not drinking it, you are going to think something's wrong with me. <laughs> like, this is really crazy, but 
in all honesty, I have in my mind thought, if I don't have a Coke, someone's going to make a comment. And we laugh, but I'm not kidding. You make comments if I don't have a Coke. On my desk right now is a McDonald's Coke. <laughs> Reading and education, I've made, I've, I've made those statements. It was last year, about this same time, yeah, it was mid-January, in 2019, I guess not last year, almost last year, about mid-January 2019, I made this statement to a pastor, mentor type of friend of mine, and I said, I wanted to ask his, question, or his opinion on some things that I'm looking at doing. One of them was possibly extending education, going to get some master's work, some, some other work, so that I can be better at what I do, and so on and so forth. And I began to say this, but in that statement I said, but... But I'm really struggling because I, I'm fearful because I don't like to read a lot and I'm not really big on education. Like I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm afraid that if I do this, I'm going to fail. And he said, stop right there. And he said, he, asked, he began to ask a series of questions of do you do this and do you do this and do you do this? And I said, well, yes. And he said, so then don't say that you don't like education. You may not like sitting in a classroom, but you are doing things every single day to further your education in some way, shape, or form. And he said, I'm going to challenge you to begin to write down every time you listen to a podcast. I'm going to challenge you every time that you read a book or read an article about something that has to do with either your profession or just that's going to strengthen and encourage your growth. And I'm like, well, I can do that. Do you know this year, and I'm not bragging, some of you are like, that's really weak in some regards, but I'm, in this year, up to this point, I have listened to nearly almost a hundred podcasts. And some of you are really going to laugh at this, but I have read over a book a month this year. Now, some of you are like, I read that in two weeks. But for me, that's a really big deal. The last six weeks, I've read three books. Now, here's why I say that. Not to brag on me, because again, for some of you, you laugh, because you're like, Dude, you've read three books in six weeks. I read three books yesterday. But it's a struggle of mine. Here's what I've come to, though. In my mindset, I now have, I've began to change my mindset because I have gotten to the place where I desire something different than I've ever desired. When it comes to, spiritually speaking, a lot of it is the same exact thing. This isn't a self-help type of a sermon, and I, that's not where I'm going this morning. But it is a mindset. What did we just read in Philippians. Think on these things. What things whatsoever are pure and just and lovely and all of these things. What are those things? Those are all things that come why and where and how right here. Those are all things that come why and when and how while you're sitting in a service, while you're sitting in a life group, getting taught the word of God, while you're praying on a Monday morning or a Monday afternoon or whatever it is when you're spending time with God. Those are all things that our mind begins to change because we are seeking after God's desires, not our own desires. And so as these things happen, I'm, I'm saying all this because I believe a lot of this is just simply that. It's a mindset that we've told ourselves, I can't because of whatever reason. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment. So how can we be the gift? How can we be the gift? 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Father, I come to you this morning and I said it last week that this is a passage of scripture that in all honesty is encompassing everything that you desire for every person that walks as a believer. That we would simply yield ourselves in obedience to you and walk in the spirit. And as we do that today, as we'll look at these are the these are the qualities, these are the traits that will be shown in our lives. And God, I just pray that. You would open our eyes to see how we can live a life truly being led by your spirit every single day of our lives. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The first thought is this. How can we be the gift? And the thought is this. Know who I am in Christ. You're like, that doesn't say that in this passage of scripture. But if we're talking about a mindset, as believers, I truly, truly, truly believe so much of our problem is we haven't been grounded to the point in our Christian walk where we truly are confident in understanding and knowing who I am in Christ. See, when I begin to understand who I am in Christ, there's a lot of things that change. So as we look at this, knowing who we are in Christ no, begins, it shows us our position, our position in Christ. Our position declares our eternal standing before God in Christ. My position in Christ is declaring my eternal standing before God. Listen, people all over the world for all time have always done what? They have sought to have or to be in right standing before God. Now, they may not believe in God the way that you and I believe in God, but in their religious seeking after God, they are doing something so that they would what? Be in right standing. That they would be okay. That I would do enough to get to heaven. Or whatever that would be in their realm of religion desire to have the a proper eternal standing before God changing our mindset to know this is permanent and perfect if you know Christ is your savior you've been declared righteous and everything that I'm about to say is who you are in Christ it's not something that you might be it's not something that you were yesterday but when you sinned it came away no it's who you are currently in Christ and if our mindset was to understand this we would get there we talked about this a long time ago but experiential or practical position is our current state see so many times this is where we are my current state is I sinned and I failed and I let God down so therefore I am less than no God doesn't look at us like that God looks at me as my position before God not oh well that guy just Drop the ball. I don't love him the same as I did two minutes ago. 
So as we go through all of these things, here's what we have to see. We have been declared right before God. Think about, listen to these, and this is just a few. I could be here for a long time going through this. We are holy. You could put your name in front of this. You could do whatever you want. You could say, I am whatever, however this works for you this morning. I am holy. I am valued by God. I am able to walk righteously. I am complete. I am in a redeemed state through the blood of Jesus Christ. I am valued by God. God loves me. I am a new creation in Christ. I have been enabled to walk in righteousness. I am the salt and light. I am the light of the world. I am a child of God. I am a friend of God. I am a joint heir with God. I am a temple of God. I am a new creation. I have been given a new name. I have been reconciled. I have been redeemed. These are all just a few things that God says when I come to know Christ as Savior, I am these things. We are children of God. I could keep going. I am a priest. We could keep going. When my mindset changes to understanding who I am in him, a lot of things change. See, today when you go home and you think the wrong thing or you say the wrong thing or you act out in anger or you do whatever it is that you do, and then you go, man, I blew it again. Man, I'm such a loser. Man, God, I, I, I can't ever please you. God says, no, 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 stop. You are my son. I love you. You are redeemed. You've been reconciled. You are all of these things that I just stated plus a million others. See, he doesn't look at you through the lens of your sin. He looks at you through the lens of his son who is perfect and holy and that blood that was shed. He looks at you through that lens, not through the experiential, the everyday lens that we would look at. That changes a mindset of me saying, God, Man, I blew it. But thank you, Father, for my redemption. Thank you for my forgiveness. Thank you, God. And I'm going to turn. I'm going to confess it. And I'm going to continue to walk forward. God, change my desires. Change. Help me so that I can be more obedient to you. Help me, God, that I can walk in the manner and be yielded to your Holy Spirit. Not, God, I blew it again and I know I'm such a loser. God never looked at you like a loser. He looked at you as his child with love and compassion and grace. What if our mindset were to change? What if I had always thought about reading and education the same way that I have the last year? I'm not trying to, uh, this, I don't say this in a bragging manner of me, but literally the last six to eight months of my life, my mind has changed in a manner that I've never been in in all of my life. I've enjoyed reading. I've enjoyed listening and trying to grow so that I could be better, not just better for you as our church, but I want to be better for my wife. I want to be better for my children. I want to be better for my neighbor. And I've, I've desired, I've, I've, I've chosen, I've made a decision in my life, I'm going to do some of those things. My mind has changed. 
My mind has changed. What if I always did that? What if as a Christian I always recognized when I looked in the mirror, instead of going, man, Aaron, you blew it again, I would look in the mirror and say, I'm a child of God. I've been redeemed. God doesn't look at me as Aaron Flanagan, the sinner. God looks at me as his child, redeemed, reconciled, and brought together with him. Having always had a purpose for my life. See, when I look in the mirror, I see all the flaws. I see all of it. The same as all of you. But what if when we looked in the mirror, we were able to be reminded that, listen, I can be the gift. I can point others to Jesus Christ because that's who God has called me to be. And he doesn't look at me in all of this. See, you would change. You would speak to the person at work differently if you were constantly reminded that I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm an heir of God. Because you'd have a confidence as to who your father is. And therefore who you are. But when we live the opposite, I'm afraid to speak. Because I'm, the devil is telling you this, you're worthless. Hey, you can't talk to them. Don't you know what you just did last night? You can't talk to them. You can't say that to that person because you just spoke to your wife or you just spoke to your husband like this. You failed as a dad last night. You failed as a mother last night. You can't speak to them about those things. That's what the devil wants and that's what we believe. God's sitting back here going, no, 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 no. I've covered that. Just rest in me. Come and yield to my spirit's leading. When we know who we are in Him, so much changes. Remember this. Where does salvation come from? Where does my salvation come from? God. My salvation comes from God's grace and God's mercy that God's bestowed upon me that as I place my faith in in him, that I believe in him, but it all comes specifically and only from him. So it's the same exact. If it comes from God for salvation for you, in order for you to walk the walk, to be the gift that God has called you to be, to point others to Jesus, it's the same way that we would have faith in him, that he will guide us in that. He will guide us in that. Romans 13, 14 says, but put on, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Would we know who we are in Christ? How can we be the gift? The second thought is this, know that I can't produce fruit myself. Paul spent so much of this letter talking about this exact thought, right? We've talked about law a lot. Have we not? The law being the flesh, me working all of these things. And we talked about this over and over and over and over over the period of many weeks and months in salvation. We talked about it because the, they were teaching a false doctrine that you had to come to Jesus 
But then you had to do all of these other things in order that that would be worth it. And God says, no, Paul was teaching them, no, that's not how this works. It's not Jesus plus all of these things. It's Jesus. It's the grace of God that gives you salvation, period. Not your works, not anything else that you can do. But as we look at this, know that I can't produce fruit myself. Listen, here's part of our problem. We would say, yes, I understand that I cannot earn my salvation. I can't do enough works to gain salvation, to gain Jesus' love, to do any of those things that where I would stand before God, he would go, oh man, Aaron, you did so good. Come on in. That's not how it works for salvation. But it doesn't work that way in my daily life either. I can't produce fruit on my own. I can do a lot of really good things. But fruit does not come because I did a lot of really good things. Fruit doesn't come because you did a, really, a lot of really good things. And as we go through these things and we look at this, there were, Paul was writing and teaching about all of the, the doctrines with salvation and grace. But as we go through this, we so often live in a manner of Look at all of the things that I do to make sure that I am okay. But listen, if it's all of the things that I do to make sure that I'm okay, it's the same exact thing then when I fail. Because what happens? I failed. And therefore, I'm a loser. And I'm not good enough. And I can't do it. Listen, you can serve in this church. Tammy, how long have you served in this church? 48 and a half years. Tammy has served in this church. So she's taught Sunday school. She still works in the nursery here and there. So for 48 years, Tammy has served in some way, shape, or form in this church. And I could go around and ask others, not just this church. Some of you have moved from other places, whatever it is. And you have served the Lord faithfully, not just here. But listen... I can only serve, Tammy can only serve on her own for a period of time. Because you know what will happen? The big burnout word that we use in church. You've never been burnt out at work, you just keep going. But in church, we all get burnt out. Right? We all get burnt out. And the guy over there looked at me weird. And that lady wasn't nice when she dropped off her child. And you know what? I'm never coming back and I'm not serving ever again. That's not an issue of anything other than I've been serving so long, depleted, not spiritually healthy, and I don't know what else to do. And I'm tired and I'm finished. Why? Because for too long... I served, I looked good, I developed this, I did this, I accepted this, I was the one, and I was the one. And when things don't go well, it's easier not to do it. Because it's me. It's me. 
so many times, if you were with us on Russell Road, 39,000 square feet, gymnasium, I have no idea how big. I don't know how many Saturdays that my family would go. And I'm half ashamed to say this, but how many Saturdays our family, it would be my wife, my wife, my wife and me and our children running around that gymnasium. And here I am with a mop, mopping that gymnasium going. (laughs) Certainly somebody else from this church could help mop this place. And I would get angry. Not like, oh, this is such the joy of my life. God is so good. No, I would get angry. Why? Because I wanted to make sure that, one, I wanted to make sure the building looked all right when people walked in. But I was tired and I was at a place of look at what I'm doing for too long. And then I just got angry. Because I would look out on a Sunday and I'm thinking there's 150 people here and I'm the only one that's able to hold a mop. I don't think that's kind of how that works. But I would get frustrated. Fortunately for me, I didn't stay there long. But that's what we do. And it's easy to walk away. Because why? Look at all the fruit that I am producing. Look at all these things that I am doing. We must remember, if we are to be the gift that God has called us to be, if we are to point others to the Christ, we must remember that we cannot produce any form of fruit. The contrast between works and fruit is important. Think about this. A machine in a factory works and turns out a product, but it can never manufacture fruit. Fruit must grow out of life. And in the case of a believer, it is the life of the Spirit. It is the life of Christ in us. When you think of works, what do you think of? When we think of work, what do we think of? We think of sweat. We think of effort. We think of labor and strain and toil and a lot of things. When you think of fruit, you may not think of this, but You think of beauty and quietness, the unfolding of a life. The flesh produces dead works, but the spirit produces living fruit. And this fruit has in it the seed for more fruit. Listen, inside of you, the word says in John 15 that we'd produce fruit and more fruit and much fruit, right? It doesn't stop. The joy of it is as God is in us, the Spirit is in us and moving, that seed just continually produces and produces and produces so long as what? We are yielded to Him. You want to be the gift? Listen, understand, it's by me and you, it's by our yieldedness to God, not because we can do things that are really cool. It's not because you're going to say, oh, pastor, you're great. Or you're going to go to the nursery and you're going to say, you guys are amazing. Let me bow at your feet for keeping the babies today. It's not because of those things because you know the reality is very few people bow at the feet of the nursery worker as opposed to this. Oh, my kid got a scratch on his face. What did you do? Why was my kid crying so much? I don't know. It's your kid. 
But here's what we do, right? We don't go and do those things. No, no more than they should go in there and work just because they feel that they have to so that everybody says, oh, thank you, you're amazing. It's what? It's out of the abundance of our heart that we are yielding to God. And out of that, the Spirit is being produced more and much more and much more. It never ends. The seed is constantly able to produce. The fruit of the Spirit is complete in every believer. Think about that. Regardless of how faintly evidenced it is manifested. God's word speaks of fruit all throughout. And it's never mentioned of anything that we produce. Praising the Lord, winning converts, godly work in general are all kinds of fruit. In our flesh, we produce deeds of the flesh. As a believer possessing a redeemed new nature... It is manifest in the fruit of the Spirit. And it happens again as we yield to Him. Matthew 7 says it what? That you shall know them by the fruit. The outward expression of the inner man. The last thought is this, this morning, and it's very simple. Now go. Go and be the gift. If we understand that there's a mindset that we have to have, that mindset being that of, of the word of God, if we understand that, that we have to be yielded to God, now go and be it. Do it. Let's live it. Let's, what if we were the church that truly did everything that we can and we are seeking after the face of God and we are honestly just genuinely loving on people? My heart, I said this earlier already, my heart is that we would love on the family I desire that we would be a church body that is truly teaching and striving and standing on the word of God. That we would produce families that stand on the word of God, which change your community, which changes our churches, which changes everything. The failure in our nation is in the home. Yes, it stinks up top in the White House, but it's in the home. If our homes were right, that would be different. The places we worship would be different. But you know why? What changes? It's this right here. I can do it on my own. I don't need you. I don't need the word of God. As a matter of fact, when things really stink, I'm just going to go to the refrigerator. I'm going to grab another scoop of ice cream. No, don't go to the refrigerator to get a scoop of ice cream. Go to your knees and beg God for your family. Go and be the gift. The challenge is for all of us that we would do this. This is the rubber meeting the road, if you will. The question would be for you and I as a believer, as a follower of Christ, is am I walking by the Spirit? Am I allowing God to produce that fruit? I'm willing to put in the effort have that lifestyle the word of god says to put on that's to clothe us 
let's look at some of these. Because you're like, wait a second, we haven't even touched them. You're really scared. Let's look at these briefly. The first is this, love. It is an unconquerable benevolence, willingly, willing, self-giving service. Only a love of God could bring through you. It's the supreme virtue of Christian living. It's the foundation of all of these fruits. If you look at this, which is interesting, and I'm not going to spend time on it, it says what the fruit of the Spirit. What do we always say? Fruits. It's the fruit of the Spirit. There's many different arguments that could be had. Some people say that there is one fruit, and that's love. All the others are attributes of that. But when we look at this love, willing, self-giving service, only a love of God can bring through you. Are we willing and giving of ourselves only the way that God can do so? Joy, a feeling of happiness that is based on spiritual realities. Joy is the deep down sense of well-being that abides in the heart of the person who knows all is well between them and God. Not a favorable experience or circumstance. Joy comes from knowing that all is well between me and God. It is God's gift to believers. Joy is probably most recognized in those unfavorable circumstances. Stop and think about that. It's recognized most in the most unfavorable circumstances. When I truly can have joy, when there's no reason that I should. Peace. Very similar to joy, not based on circumstance. The tranquility of mind that comes from the saving relationship and understanding our lives are complete in Him. Peace, knowing He has all things in His control and grasp. I said this many, many times, and we can grasp and understand the sovereignty of God in all things. I can have peace in all things. Because in the hardest of moments, I can still find calm and peace and refuge in Him. Patience. Patience. This is not dealing with events or things. Patience deals with people. Amen. Next, kindness relates to tender concern for others. It has nothing to do with Weakness or lack of conviction, but is the genuine desire of a believer to treat others gently. It goes hand in hand with the very next one, which is goodness. Goodness is moral and spiritual excellence that is known by its sweetness and active kindness. Do you know somebody that is just genuinely the most kind person that you like? You're around them and you're just like, oh, you kind of just get soft and melt. You're like, you're so tender and kind and loving like how do you do this all the time but like you know those people faithfulness trustworthy reliable i would say this is something that uh if you have if you are a boss or you are an employer this is what you're looking for somebody that is trustworthy somebody's reliable gentleness it is an inwrought grace of the soul, and the exercises of it are first and chiefly towards God. 
One said it this way, this is the most, one of the most undefinable words in Scripture. It is that temper of spirit in which we accept his dealings with us as good and therefore without disputing or resisting. It is that humble and gentle attitude that is patiently submissive in every offense while being free of any desire for revenge or retribution. One of the most untranslatable words, listen to this, this is how Aristotle defined it. It's the midpoint between excessive anger and excessive angerlessness. Describes the person who is angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. The fruit of the Spirit living through you. Jesus relying on the Spirit. What did Jesus do? Jesus tossed the table. Jesus was angry, but Jesus was only angry at the right time. Self-control is self-mastery, restraint of one, one's passions and appetite. I could dive into each one of these. I could probably do a sermon on every one of the fruit of the spirits. I could go through all of those things. But this list, this is what flows out of us. Not in perfection, but naturally as we love the Lord. In our love for Him, we are pointing others to Him. And God is getting the glory. I loved this statement. We honestly don't even consider inwardly our actions and work that we did when we are genuinely walking in His Spirit. There's times I've done good things and then I've thought, man, that was a really good thing I just did. But there's other times that I've just done the right thing with no regard to whether it was that and what somebody would say. It is us, that's what this says, this is honestly us just saying, that's what, it, that's what I'm supposed to do. Seeking nothing in return. When we seek in return, we will get burnt out. We will go down that road of, man, no one has said thank you in a long time. And we need to do a better job of saying thank you. But when I'm walking in the Spirit, the things that I'm doing are an outpour of what God is doing inside of me. My desires have changed in such a manner that it's not about me, but it is about and this morning, as we conclude this thought this morning, I would ask, I would plead, I would encourage that we as a body, that we as individuals would, would be the gift. And I've said this all along. No, I'm not the gift of salvation. No, I'm not God's greatest gift to you. None, none of those things. But I can be the gift. As I allow God to work in and through me to point others to His Son. Sometimes you are exactly what that person needs. Many of you have been the gift to me, pointing me to Christ. I've been fortunate in my life and in my line of work, if you will, that I've been very blessed to be able to just love on people and point them to Christ in rough situations and circumstances. 
But that happens for all of us as we yield ourselves to God's Spirit. Holy Spirit, would we, would we be yielded to your leading? Would we be surrendered to that? Listen, Dad, you want to be the gift in your home? Make this a priority. Because as this is where our mind is, everything else begins to flow out of that. Mom, you want to be that gift? Single mom, single dad, it doesn't matter. Do you want to be that gift at work? you want to be that in your neighborhood? you want to be that when you go down to the local coffee shop? you want to be that when you play ball? you want to be that wherever it is that you do life? It starts with this being the foundation. Because as this comes in and changes our mind, our mindset changes to the point that we desire and understand, I must yield myself to Him. There's no greater gift at Christmas than the gift of Jesus Christ. Some of you might sit here today and you were expecting Luke chapter 2. You were expecting something out of Isaiah. You were expecting some of those things. I don't know what you came in expecting. But I would ask you this morning, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Has there been a time where you have said yes to Him, where you have surrendered to Him, where you have said, I know that I have failed, I know that, in my, that I have sinned, I understand all of those things, but God, would you be the Lord of my life? I want to yield and surrender to you. Has there ever been that time? Believer, as you sit here this morning, I would just simply ask you the same questions of, are you walking in Him? Are you yielding to Him? I, my prayer is that we as a church would impact this community. Will we ever be Thousands of people where we're impacting all of Las Vegas. I have no idea. To be real honest, I don't care. God placed us in this neighborhood. Can we be that in this neighborhood? God's placed you in your neighborhood. Can you be that in your neighborhood? Do you know your neighbor's name? Do you know who lives across the street from you or beside you? Are you being the light to them? Are we walking in the manner in which God has called for us to walk? so that we can point others to Him. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.